Thank you for coming today. You may be seated. I love you. Love your pastors. I'm trying to teach your pastor how to golf. He can hit it a mile. He just doesn't know which mile he's going to hit it. <laughs> uh, we've had fun over the years getting to know your pastors and just walking with them through this journey of giving our life for the most precious, the most meaningful church. People often ask me, so why did you give up dentistry? And I never thought of it about giving up anything. All I thought about is gaining something. And when I made what many of you, you're stepping into right now, when I made that choice and that decision, there was a no looking back. And it was a, a journey forward that has been so exciting. Not without challenge. And I expect challenge. And you know what? I didn't just have challenge when I was your age. Or your age. <laughs> I'm 70. And I still got challenge. Why? Well, you know, we got an enemy. And it's not social media. Although it can, it can use social media. Have you discovered that yet? Um, and it's not the government, it's not the conspiracies, and it's not this and that and everything. It's the devil. He's come to kill, steal, and destroy. And that's actually a little bit of what I, I want to talk about. I want to talk about um, this journey called your calling. Stay the course. How do you stay the course? Because it's easy to make a choice and a decision. I'm going to go that way. Sometimes it's not so easy to keep going that way. Especially when you're going to have a, a lot of opposition that's going to try to get you off your course. So for every one of us, we have a course. Some people think, well, I, I'm just going to choose whichever way I go. You can make all the choices you want. But when you were born, you were born with a course. Do you know that? You were born with something on the inside of you. You were created by the creator. God did not just happen to create you and then wonder what you're good for. Creators don't just happen to create something and try to figure out what it's good for. They start with a purpose, they start with a need, and then they, they finish with a creation. And every one of you are a finished product of a need. In other words, you're needed. That's your calling, that's your cause. Uh, I know where Pastor Chris cut his teeth in, in uh, ministry and learning. You probably heard this verse. I think it's Brian's favorite verse in the world. 2 Timothy 1.9. You remember that one? <laughs> Timothy says, who has saved us and called us with a holy, and we heard about that, we sang about that, with a holy calling. That's a set apart. That's for you alone. Not according to our works. Some of us, you know, we think we're good at something, but God's got something else sometimes. 
on the inside of you. I thought I was good at dentistry. I don't know why I'd ever become a dentist. Sorry. I look back and think, what? But um, I didn't realize there was something else on the inside of me. I'll talk more about that. But it's, it's a holy calling according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. So every one of us has a calling. We were created with a calling. You have a calling. And do you know what this is called? This is called a church. In the original language, it's called ecclesia. Okay? And the word ecclesia actually means called out. So you're called, but you're called out. (laughs) And sometimes us as pastors think everybody's called in. And you are in order to be called out. We are here, we gather in order to be scattered. Why? Because it's not about us. It's about this, this, this lost world all around us. And I love your city. Helen and I last night just, you know, we, we got to enjoy Chicago like we've never enjoyed before in terms of we've actually got to spend some time walking around. We, walked, we did the river walk. We uh, went to uh, Italia. Is that how you say it? It, it, Italy, 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 Italia, close enough. And then we had some deep dish pizza like we don't have in Vancouver. Anyway, you have an amazing city and it needs you. Desperately, it needs you. But you aren't very valuable or good or productive for the city if you don't actually gather We gather so that we can scatter. We gather for the Holy Spirit to get a hold of us, do something on the inside of our lives so we can go out there and change the world. But before we can change the world, we got to change. And one of the things about your calling, it's the calling to change. You know, the goal of life is, is not a journey of time. You know, from here to now till then. It's a journey of change. It's a journey of from who you are to who you're becoming. So a lot of people in life, their goal in life is to not die. That's not a very good goal. You know, 70 or 80 years of not dying. And you actually never live. Because living is changing. If you were to go to biology and ask the big big question what is alive what is living is this one cell is this cell actually living and there's many ways you can answer that but one of my favorite ways is change if it's not changing it's not living and there's a lot of people that the same old same old same old same old for years to come you know the reason that we gather is to change we come because Jesus comes to give us life that's change And if you want to be in ministry, get ready for change. (laughs) You know how comfortable change is. Are you comfortable changing? No, nobody likes to change. I like the way I am. But the way I am is not as good as the way God wants me to be. So he brings us together and together we can change. Community. That's what church is. It's community. Community is is, is an amazing word. 
Community is, is what church is all about, and it's the word for healing. You know, healing comes in community. We used to think that the answer to addiction was sobriety. If we could just get someone that was addicted to alcohol to not use alcohol anymore. It's not the answer. Why? Because they'll figure out another way to be addicted. Actually, medical science has, has determined, and it was done through experiments back in my city in Vancouver years ago, but they've determined that the answer to addiction is community. It's being part of a world where you're not alone. And you know that all change happens through relationship. I think relationships are the workshop of life. Life is about change. God looks at you and says, I'm not finished yet. Bring her, bring him. And then he brings you into the workshop. It's called relationships. And he brings someone into your life. And sparks begin to fly, right? Anybody married? Have you experienced sparks? <laughs> really? I think marriage is the most intense relationship and therefore the most intense change relationship. People wonder why opposite <laughs> so that we can change so much. And that's really what church is all about. It's about change. It's about growing. It's about, it's about this calling of, of community and being together. I love, I'm going to quote my wife a lot. She's amazing. She's the most amazing person I know on the planet. She becomes more amazing every day that I know her. And I'm not just saying it. She knows I'm, I'm saying the truth. Coming up this next year, we'll be married 50 years. I thought it was against the law to get married at five and six years old. But anyway, no. But I'll quote her. She says, community is to hold another in your heart. Community is not just being in the same room as somebody else, sitting next to somebody else. Community can't happen until you open your heart. That's why what you find in really exciting, life-giving churches like this one is leaders that are totally open and transparent leaders that are not afraid to show you how it hurts and who they are because you can't have relationship outside of that you have to get in in someone's heart and you have to let others into your heart and in that becomes community and community is where healing happens if you're in here and and you need healing Welcome to the human race. You know where it's going to be found? Together. But we get healed, we get changed together so that we can go out there and heal and bring change to our world. You know, I'm 70 and I look at our world and I think lots of times, oh, Lord, what a mess we're leaving for this next generation. And then I think, oh, no, I don't think so. Why? As I look at this, there was only 120 in the upper room. There's more than 120 here. What we can do 
You know, we pray for revival. And that's really important. But don't pray for revival if you don't want to change. Don't pray for revival if you don't want to give your life. Because it's going to cost you your life. But until you lose your life, you never find it. Jesus told us that. Until you pay this price, you, you, you don't get what God has for us. John 10, 10, one of the most famous verses many of us have heard many times. Jesus says, the thief, that's the devil, that's the enemy, does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I've come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So what does he come to steal, kill, and destroy? You? No. See, when you get saved, he lost. When you get saved, heaven's your home. There's a security for eternity. And if salvation was all about heaven, we get saved so we could go to heaven, then when, when we baptize you, we just hold you until the bubbles stop. <laughs> just go directly. Don't pass go. Don't collect 200. Just go to heaven. <laughs> but it's not about that. The reason we're here is because there's a lost, dying world around us. And Jesus came to give us life. And life is change. And change brings change. And we can go and affect our world. But really, what does he come to kill, steal, and destroy? Your calling. That's why I want to talk about stay the course. Stay your calling. So how does he want to steal, kill, and destroy. Well, let's take it apart. How does he want to steal your calling? And you, well, let me start with kill. How does he kill, steal, and destroy? How does he kill your calling? Well, if you go back to the very beginning, God told Adam and Eve, don't sin, because as soon as you do, you surely die. Do you know they didn't die physically? They died spiritually. They were disconnected from God. And sin does that in our life. But, you know, no one's going to hell because of sin. God sent his son, Jesus. Jesus died on the cross and paid the price for all sin. The only reason anyone is going to miss heaven is they reject the answer. They reject Jesus. They reject the son. They reject the gift of, of, of salvation. But what did Jesus come to do with sin? To forgive forgiveness is the answer the devil's come to steal your calling if he can steal your forgiveness if he can get you to 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 not believe to not receive your forgiveness and i i, I saw this you know recently i have a, a good friend i went through years of university together with him we graduated as dentists and we had our 45 year reunion oh, i can't believe it and I was looking at all the rest of my class, and they're so old. <laughs> they really look like they had one foot in the grave already. <laughs> I told my wife that. She said, don't say that. You're the same age. It's funny how we can look at ourselves and don't think we get old. But anyway, um, so my friend was one of the only ones in the class that, was, that I knew was a Christian. And so, 
you know, we spent years together and, and knew each other really well. And you get that relationship where you can actually make a difference. You know, James 3.16 says that we actually need to spend time together. And when we do, healing comes as a result of it. And out of this, he was open enough to ask me, he said, John, pray for me. Uh, I am... I'm going through it. I'm, I'm so depressed. I can't sleep. I can't work. There's a black cloud over my life. I, I've, I'm feeling like I want to take my life. And, and I thought, what is wrong with you? And I, I talked to him. And you know what it was? Forgiveness. He could not receive forgiveness. He did something wrong, and it wasn't that big. I've done a lot worse. But he couldn't receive forgiveness. Couldn't forgive himself and couldn't receive God's forgiveness. You know, if you think you've done so, so much wrong, you can't receive forgiveness, your calling's dead. It's stopped. You can't go forward. And if, if you have received forgiveness, then you know who's ever out there that you're talking to, you can encourage them. Forgiveness is available. I mean, I, I could spend the rest of, you know, hours telling you all the things I did wrong. And I've done more wrong than most of the people in the room. But I'm forgiven. <laughs> Heaven's my home. It's the best news possible. Have you ever heard anybody say, you know, when they get saved, I asked Jesus into my heart and, and the weight of the world came off my shoulders. What's that weight? It's the weight of unforgiveness. When the weight of sin comes off your life, you, you can fly. You can run. You can, you can do all the great things. It's amazing how many great ministers of God used to be the worst people, <laughs> you know. So if you're one of those people, join the crowd. But receive forgiveness. So that's how the devil steals, kills, and destroys. He kills your, your calling with unforgiveness. And then he steals your calling, I think, with distraction. He gets your, your, your eyes off of your future and puts your eyes on your past. Puts your eyes on all the stuff that you don't like about you. All the stuff that everybody said about you. Oh, man, if you're open to that, you will get nonstop talking about your past. The devil loves to remind you of all the things you've done wrong and all the things in your past. I've often heard this. If he reminds you of your past, just remind him of his future. We actually are blessed beyond measure. You know, and, and Paul actually wanted to know too about why do I still stay, why am I still here on the planet? In Philippians chapter 1, he said, to me, living in Christ, dying is even better. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But for your sakes, it's better that I continue to live. It really is about the calling that God's put on our life. And he, the devil's come to steal, and he'll steal that with all the distractions. 
take our focus off our future. If you think about David, one of the messages I've been preaching lately is a grandfather message. It comes out of Psalm 103, which I think David wrote as a grandfather. David had done so many things wrong. I mean, has anybody in the room caught up with David? Adultery, so you murder. All the stuff David did wrong. And yet in old age, David was, you know, if I could sit down and talk to his grandkids, let me tell you what the most important thing that you could do with your life is. This is what I do. Bless the Lord, David. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And forget not all his benefits. And then what's the first one? He forgives all my iniquities. Just remembering. And, and in doing that, we put our focus on what God has for our future, not on our past. I don't know about you, but I, I, I talk to myself a lot. Anybody else? You know what I've chosen to do? I've chosen to talk to myself more than I listen to myself. I don't know about you, but when I listen to myself, I don't get inspired very much. Psychologists will tell you that 80% of self-talk is negative, And 90% of that is repetitive. So all you're doing is telling yourself all the negative things, all the negative things, all the negative things. Stop it! Interrupt that tape and start talking to yourself. You know the best way to take captive a wrong thought? is with a right thought. Now how do you make yourself think a right thought? You speak. It's impossible to say one thing and think another thing. So use your mouth, use your words, talk to yourself. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all my diseases, all, all my iniquities, heals all my diseases. So many things we can talk about in there, but I just love talking like a grandfather. But recognize the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy, and his target is your heart. Let me quote my wife. You have one job in life. One, keep your heart right. Guard your heart. For all of you. And for you too. That's what he's after. You might think all those negative things, all those things people are saying, all those things people are doing, they're so bad. No, no, no. It's the devil and he's come to steal kill and destroy your calling and he's after your heart and if you guard your heart you keep your heart and the best way I know how to guard your heart is with your words and you don't have to guard your heart when everything's going good it's when everything feels bad when you want to give up and you've never been there just wait it's coming that's when you you walk away and you start talking to yourself and you tell yourself like David did, bless the Lord who forgives all my iniquities. He heals all my diseases. I'm okay. God's on my team. I can win. Stay your course. Don't give up. Don't let the devil have your calling. Every single one of us, there's a calling. that There's a purpose we were born I love this. There's many in the room right now. You're not down here in the front row. 
but there's a calling in your life. And like Pastor Chris already said, you're going to hear some stories. And you know what will happen to some of you? Something on the inside is going to come alive. There's this principle of resonation. And that is when, when something begins to resonate or they, they actually vibrate at the same frequency, there's an amplitude that happens and there's basically an explosion. Something comes alive. And I believe you're going to hear some things and something comes alive on the inside of you. It's not something you chose. It's something that you discovered. You don't choose your calling. You discover your calling. 